Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I know this might not sound strange at first, but hear me out to the end. Please. It just might save your life. I've gotten the same trick-or-treater since I moved in this house five years ago. The first year, I had my decorations all set up across my yard and a bowl of candy ready by the front door. The doorbell started to ring around six with little toddlers and their parents. Then, it turned to the older kids and from there it just didn't stop. It wasn't until around 9 3rd year or so when I finally got to sit down and catch the end of Friday the 13th Part 4. Now, it's not the best of the series, but I needed something until I was tired enough for bed. It was just past 11 when the doorbell rang again. It had really caught me off guard and I planned on ignoring it, surely. No kid would have been out trick-or-treating that late, but I also figured maybe it was a kid who had gotten hurt or needed some help. So I pushed myself out of my recliner. While I was walking up to the door, a god-awful stench had seeped into my house. It smelled like someone who hadn't taken a bath in a couple of years. I looked through the peephole. A small boy, wearing some seriously out-of-date clothes and a burlap sack over his head, stood on the other side. Truthfully, there was no way of knowing if it was a boy or a girl under that mask, but I had just felt like it was just a boy under there. I stared through the peephole at the bizarre costume. There were no holes for his eyes or mouth. There were no marks on the mask at all. His clothes were filthy and worn out, covered in stains that gave me an idea where the horrible stench had come from. The icing on the cake, though, were the dark stains that ran down from the area where his mouth would be. I opened the door, and he raised his head to look at me. In that moment, the eyeless sack had turned me to stone. My body got hot and I actually started to panic a bit. I feel idiotic saying I was scared of a little kid, but something about this boy really got to me. Seeing him just felt mm, unnatural, like I had gotten a glimpse of something nobody should ever see. Jesus, kid. Where the hell do you even get a costume like that? No response. Do you need help or something? No response. Are you hurt? No response. You're just out trick-or-treating? And this time, he nodded. 
I dropped a small Hershey's bar in his bag and wished him a happy Halloween. The kid didn't say anything. He just turned around, walked off the porch, and crossed my yard to the next house. I locked my door and went to watch out of the living room window. The boy went from house to house, and one by one, each of my neighbors answered their doors and quickly dropped a treat in the boy's bag. Every year after that, the boy with the sack over his head would ring my bell just past 11, and I would always give him a chocolate bar. He's never grown any bigger, and still hasn't said a word to me. The only thing that changes is his costume gets new stains each year, and the smell seems to get worse. After the first couple of years, he stopped weirding me out so much, and truthfully, I sort of started to look forward to the little bugger ringing my doorbell. Well, I did. Before last year. Last year at the beginning of October, some new neighbors moved in next door to me. When they were finished unloading their moving truck, I went over to welcome them to the neighborhood. They were a younger couple, and they seemed nice. I asked if they planned on decorating for Halloween, and told them if they needed any decoration, I had lots of spares. It didn't really come as a surprise when they said they weren't planning on decorating and would be having some friends over for a party instead of giving out candy. It seems like year after year, more and more people give up on Halloween. Still, I let them know about the particular little boy with the burlap bag over his head, and to make sure they at least had something for him. Well. October 31st rolled around, and my doorbell rang at 11.05. I waltzed over to the door, as was tradition, and greeted the little boy with his usual Hershey bar and Happy Halloween. Dragging his bag behind him, he went down my porch steps and over to my new neighbor's house. I had been hearing the music from their house all night so I was already prepared for the boy to ring the bell and not get an answer. I had never seen anyone not give the boy some type of treat. I guess I still haven't. He rang the bell and like I figured, no one opened the door. I watched out the window as the boy shuffled down the neighbor's steps. He turned around at the end of their sidewalk and stared at their house, and I had a lump in my throat. I didn't know what the boy would do next. I was filled with a mix of nerves and anticipation. Then the boy turned and just wandered off to the next house. I felt so relieved, but at the same time pissed. I'd been waiting up late each year, a little bit out of fear over what would happen if I didn't. I guess at that point the costume was a hand-me-down and had been getting passed from sibling to sibling over the years. That was the only way I could make sense of the non-growing child underneath. 
I went to bed that night feeling a little stupid for being scared of some kid all this time. From then on, I didn't plan on waiting up. My eyes opened wide to the sounds of screams next door. It was deafening. The woman was screaming like she was giving birth. I could hear her husband's cries for help under the screams. I shot up in bed and grabbed my phone. The clock read 3 a.m. I called 911 and told them what I had woken up to. The operator said the cops were on their way and to remain inside. At some point while I was on the phone, the screaming had stopped. I hung up the phone and went to the main floor to look out my living room window. The neighbor's door was wide open. Their screen door was banging against the outside wall in the wind. Ten minutes or so passed and the cops still hadn't arrived. And no more sounds came from the house. My curiosity got the better of me and going against the instructions of the 911 operator, I grabbed my 45 caliber from my safe and inched out into my yard. I approached as the screen door still swung wildly back and forth in the wind. I peered into the house and no lights were on. I took a couple of steps inside and crouched down low. That same unwashed smell that visited me every year filled the house. There looked to be a den to the right and a living room on my left. Behind the living room, I could see an LED clock in what I assumed was the kitchen. I took a couple of steps towards the den. A loud, wet slap came from the kitchen. I crept along the wall leading to the living room and felt a light switch against my right arm. If someone was in there, turning on the light would have given me the jump on them. And if there was no one there, I could continue my search a bit less freaked out. Thank God that I wished there had been nothing there. I pushed my arm up against the wall, raising my gun and turning on the light at the same time. Symbols had been carved all over the walls and floor. They were everywhere. The man I used to call my neighbor was laid out across the living room table, belly up. Each of his limbs were tied to a different table leg. A pool of blood had collected around the table. The symbols on the wall and floor were also carved all over the man's body. Some on his arms, some on his legs, some even carved into his face. There were nothing compared to the harm the man's torso had undergone. From his collarbone straight down to his belly button was a deep cut, blood flowing from the wound onto the floor. Another wet slap came from the kitchen. The man's wife laid tied in the same way on the kitchen table. I shuffled over towards the corpse. 
I know I shouldn't have looked, but I knew it was going to be sick. I just felt compelled to. Just like her husband, the same strange carvings could be found all over her body. But the woman's chest hadn't been cut open. The skin was stretched and pulled back to each side of the table. Long ropes of intestines hung from her cavity down to the floor. Her organs were scattered across the linoleum flooring. The slapping sound played in my mind. Worse than the horrible gouge she had endured was the little bites taken out of her insides. Tiny chunks of intestines missing, and even some of her skin looked to be chewed on. I threw up right then and there on the kitchen floor, my vomit splashing into the blood on the floor. Blue and red lights were dimly flashing on the walls by then, and I heard sirens getting close as I walked out of that nightmare back into the street. The cops suspected me at first, but quickly realized I had no involvement. They never caught anyone. Surprise, surprise. I never told them what I had thought had happened. How could I? They would have thought I was crazy, so I've chosen to share this here instead. Hopefully, some of you have read my warning. On Halloween night, if your doorbell rings later than it should, please make sure you have a treat put aside for the boy wearing the burlap mask. If you don't, he'll come back for one late in the night.